It doesn't sound like a call to prayer. Or just like an Indian soundtrack. No? Like Slumdog. Like Slumdog. Danny Boyle. There's actually a, uh, vo- a sound library called Voices of Passion, and it's like 65 hours of exactly that. So, yeah, you're right. Um, speaking of Voices of Passion, that's very funny that you said that, Scott, because I have a new segment that I want to do. I was reading one of the questions today, and it was like, hi, Eliza and Emily and hot-sounding Scott. What's up? And I was talking <laughs> about how, like, oh, my God, everyone thinks Scott has, like, this hot voice. I think that women tend to think that when there's, like, a male voice. It's like, oh. Let me stop you right there. Did we go from three people to everyone now? Did we make a jump? What did I say? No, no, you said everyone seems to think that, but I thought it was like three, four people, three, four loyal listeners. A lot of dudes. A lot of dudes think you have a A lot of ladies. One dude, for sure, on Twitter. It was one dude. Yeah. Yeah. I I said that. I go, Emily, say it's a guy that thinks he's hot, and you know Scott's such a good guy. He'll be like, all right, man, whatever gets you off. Right on. So I want to do a segment. I'll take the upvotes. It's a segment called Hot Scotty. And I have a song. I don't know if you can make some music to it, but I'll sing the song now. And then if you could just uh, compose something on your free time, uh, that'd be great. It goes, Hot Scotty, number one. Number one, Hot Scotty. Hot Scotty, number two. Number two, Hot Scotty. Hot Scotty. Okay? So you what? got that. I've laid down the vocal <laughs> okay. tracks. What are the numbers? There's, There's got to be two of something everything have now? to? Yeah, not everything's an unlocking an Egyptian myth. To be fair, most of the other songs we do don't make any sense <laughs> if you really break down the lyrics. So. True. Not th- okay, so I have a sentence for you to read, Scott, with that hot, hot butter voice. You guys just sprung this on me, all right. Yeah. I'm, I don't know what the sentence is going to be, and I'm upset. I just wrote it, and so this is, when I had a show called The Weekly News, uh, I did a similar thing with uh, Alexis, who was an actress, and she would act a sentence. And um, I'm just realizing that my handwriting's not great, but Scott, I need you to read this with full punctuation. Say it, comma. Don't read the punctuation. Don't be a dick. <laughs> okay, here we go. I'm, I'm gonna send this to you right now. Okay. And by send, send it to I'm him. gonna ask I'm gonna Emily to hand it to him. <laughs> what I've written is a sensual sentence that may or may not be fulfilling some people's fantasies. I don't want you to read it over. Do not read it over. Hot Scotty number one. Number one, Hot Scotty. Hot Scotty number two. Number two, Hot Scotty. Begin reading. Phase one of reading. Engage. Hey, girl, or guy. (laughs) Come on, dude. People's boners are fading. All right, sorry. Hey, girl, or guy, I want to lick your dishes clean and make you come into the kitchen. All right, that was bad. (laughs) The only only hot part was the... Supposed to be like a jizz joke. All right, Come on into the kitchen. And make you come into the kitchen. Oh I'll read it next time. Okay. You'll read own. it. You're going to do Hot Scotty. And that was the end of the segment. <laughs> and, end of the life. and we tried. Producers said we need to expand. And I said, look, I tried. Look how poorly that we went. We just lost sponsors. We'll Hot see Scott. how many people are like, finally, thank you. Mm. I want to point out one thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not a big sex toy person. You know, I don't think it's abnormal if you meet someone, you're together, like, oh, let's go buy a vibrator or something together and make him pay for it. Of course you should. But we're not the couple that's like, no, load up on lube for end times, get your sex wing, time to fuck on a couch made of plush polyurethane fiber for cheese resistance. My point is, I always find it interesting when people who work at sex shop stores 
take their job too seriously. Like, it's almost like they have to overextend the seriousness to show, like, this isn't a fucking joke. Yeah. We went to one, and the girl, like, had, like, all these issues, and she was like, actually, it's surgical-grade steel. It's made in Germany. And, like, she had, like, all these facts, like you would if you were selling a car. And I was like, okay, it's still for your butthole. Like, it's still... (laughs) Like, actually, this fiber is uh, leak-resistant as opposed to other ones. I'm like, I don't need your fact sheet. Just, is this going to explode in my snooch? No? Okay. Why does it look like Pennywise the Clown if it's not a joke? Right. Like, they always think, like, if I take it super seriously, then when my parents ask about it, I can be like, no, these are pleasure-enhancing to- uh, <laughs> devices. Uh, you know, sex is really closeted in our society. They just take it so seriously. <laughs> Engaging sexual talk. All right, so so much for the hot scouty segment. We're gonna do it again. We're gonna give it another yeah, I'll, another go. Okay. I'll gear up. I'll eat some vitamins next time and get ready. You hear that, ladies? Yeah. I didn't know that was coming, so you know. Neither did she. Quapow! Into oh. the kitchen. The mic is weird. If you're at home listening, just it know that I tried. Great. It sounds great. It at sounds home. like crunchy cartilage. Crunchy cartilage. All right, we have a lot Tragus. of Tragus. anonymous questions today. I went into the DMs. You ready? Deep. Deep. Deep penetration. I have a question, Eliza. I am 24 years old. I moved away from my parents at age 18, and my parents have not supported me at all financially since then. I'm a full-time registered nurse. At 22, I bought myself a brand new car. Recently, while the car was getting worked on, the middle-aged male mechanic was offering options for repairs. He asked if I needed a minute to talk to my dad about this or whoever I get help from. Twice he suggested calling my dad, never even asked for my opinion on my car. How do you respond to sexist assholes like this while still sounding intelligent and not come off as a whiny bitch? Love your show, love your comedy. Thanks for help in advance. Let's remove the phrase whiny bitch from our vocabularies because I think it's something that's been projected upon us and that we keep in mind. Um, It is no secret that women very quickly get pigeonholed. It's like, wow, you're being a real bitch because you were breathing. That being said... Why do I feel like you actually don't know about cars? Because you didn't write, and I know a lot about cars. So there is a chance, of course, he's looking at you. We all make assumptions. He's a fucking mechanic. Who cares? Like, move on. The guy's, if anything, he's trying to help you. You know, this isn't like you're in a job interview and he's like, well, you're a female, so obviously we can't pay you enough. He's trying to give you a good price. He's assuming, and he's, for the most part, probably not wrong, I definitely have no issue with being like, I need my dad with me to buy a car. Because also, I think cars are boring. He's not trying to hurt your feelings. And you know what? If you know something about cars, you look him dead in those beady eyes, those beady, grease-covered eyes, and you say, I'm fine to make a decision without him. And, you know, use some big words. But you got to pick your battles. It doesn't seem like he's trying to be rude as much as he's just trying to get through his job. So I would let that one go. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I can see how it'd be frustrating. Uh, like, my mechanic is a little bit, you know, he thinks I don't really know what's going on. You but don't. I, trust, I don't, and I trust him to have my best interests at heart. So I'm like, what do you think? Here's the thing. If it's a major repair, like, you about know what an oil change costs, you know, tire rotation. Mm-hmm. If it's something major and you, if you do know, which I don't think you do, but if you do, then be like, I'm good. Or, you know what you could always do, and I do this a lot. Go pretend to call your dad. Like, pretend that you're informed. Like, sometimes I'll read business things that come into my email, and then I'll, like, ask an innocuous question to make it look like I read it. But I didn't. Mm -hmm. The important thing is not that you know, but that other people think that you know. It's all about walking the walk. But I would honestly let it go. Yeah. He's just your mechanic. Maybe he was talking about your legal team. 
<laughs> yeah, he's probably talking about my legal team. I just, I would let it go. It's not something that impacts you. Hopefully, if you're seeing your mechanic so often that this is an issue, then you really should call your dad. I mean, right, and I get, well, she can't because they're not close. Oh, oh my God, I'm but... so sorry. I just realized that. Uh, or any other man. The the issue, or anyone who knows about cars, I think part of the issue here might be, like, he suggested it twice, like, get a move on, man. Like, I think it's kind of like a weird, what a weird waste of time to just keep being like, are you sure? Do you Here's, want, it's like, do con- it or don't do it. The context is interesting because like, my parents haven't fi- financially supported me. I think you're kind of, I think what you're really saying is, hey, I've done everything on my own and I came this far. How mm-hmm. dare you undermine me? But the truth is, the guy doesn't know that. Uh... So I think you're adding too much context to this. And uh, it's just a mechanic trying to get through his day before he goes home, jerks off to one of my Netflix specials, does it all over again the next day. It's What's interesting is my mechanic who's kind of like just like good old boy, like very nice, but is like, oh, I want to help you out. Like you could be my daughter. You know, my dad was in town and met him because my car was in the shop. Again. And ever since then. I pay you good money. This was a while ago. And ever since then, like whenever I see him, he's just like, that was so nice that your dad came in. I'm glad somebody's looking out for Stop you. Stop hanging out with your mechanic. I'm not hanging out. Also, but... you're the only woman where a guy's like, you could be my daughter versus like, want to fuck? <laughs> People love bonding with Emily. They do. Well, I my last mechanic I left because he kept saying racist things. And that's kind of a different situation. <laughs> different question. No one wrote in about that. No, but I'm just saying, like, there's a line that, what did he say? that you draw. What did he say? He was like, I hope you never come in here with someone. He's like, all these nice young girls come to me, and then they suddenly have a boyfriend of mixed race, whatever, He whatever. did not say of— A he racist say person race. does not say no. of mixed race. What did he no, say? No, he didn't. What did he say? I don't if you're going to be specific, phrasing. be specific. But I left that person— because that was a line that I had drawn, and I think that this just sounds All like right. this guy is annoying, right. but you don't need to— I want you coming in with your Jew boss. <laughs> Next That'll be seventeen fifty for the oil change. I have no idea how much an oil change costs. My car doesn't use oil. It's hypoallergenic. So I'm fighting to save the planet one panda at a time. All right. Hi. Yeah. My husband and I just got married this year. I moved in with him, his mom, and his 22-year-old brother right after getting married. Ever since then, I feel lonely and unhappy with how it is is between us. We live with his mom and brother in an apartment due to financial reasons, being that his mom is a widow, dad committed suicide, and he feels that he is responsible for taking care of her, fearing she will be alone. His brother can't function on his own. Although I respect this, I am having a hard time adjusting into this new life, and it makes me seem like I'm such an evil bitch. I can't be myself, shower in peace, and do things that I'd like because I want to make sure I don't step on anyone's toes. I almost feel lost as a person. His mom is really nice, and there are just days that I feel lonely being in a home with my husband and my mother-in-law and my brother-in-law. Kind advice would be greatly appreciated. I like how you have the caveat, like, please make it kind. I'm really at my limit. Part of me is thinking, you know what you signed up for when you married this person. did And this is a big mistake. I, I think women tend to do this where, oh, once we get married, it'll be different. But you are very much, you know, he might, like, lose some weight or something, but, like, you are very much marrying exactly what you signed up for. There's this, like, saying that, like, when it comes to bodies, men, fall, like, are in love with the body they marry and women fall in love with the body like, that they could have, <laughs> that could be. So it's a little bit on you because you knew that. That being said, I don't think it's the biggest, you know, I understand he feels an obligation, but you are his wife now, which is the number one priority. Maybe she can get on some sort of state assistance. I don't know what's wrong with the brother, but it is important that you guys have your own space and you can help her. You can visit her, maybe the next apartment, maybe like an everybody that lives Raymond thing, but you're not 
bad for voicing these concerns or perhaps setting a goal or saving up. Um, I, I, I understand feeling guilty, but you do need to make your own lives. Well, I think it's interesting that she says she she doesn't want to step on anyone's toes. And I think I've definitely like, you know, you live with a roommate and you kind of you're like, oh, this is their stuff. I don't want to touch anything. It's your house. Like you can shower. You're not. Ste- not it's your apartment. It's your you're not stepping on apartment. toes. You have to. And I totally get feeling like, oh, this isn't my space and I'm intruding. But you just have to. It's your, it's your space and you have to. To get rid of your guilt feelings. Yeah. I'm feeling a lot of guilt here and that's a thing that girls do. Like, I'm, I'm so, I need to get smaller. I'm so sorry. Is this cool? You're his wife now. You're not the girlfriend. And I think there's a real talk. Um, and it really sounds like you're shouldering it because everybody else seems nice and cool. Um, you would think that the mother would say to him, like, I want you to be happy and be on your own. I'm wondering how recent the, the death know. was. Yeah, I don't you know. know. If this is something where it was really recent, maybe in a year you can maybe. kind of That's why I extricate. said set a goal. Yeah. Say to him, I really would like to have a place of our own. We can help her financially. You know, you can do this in baby steps, but mm-hmm. you're not wrong to be feeling the way that you feel. That being said, it sounds like you did sign up for it. Unless the dad killed himself like yesterday, in which case I don't fucking know. But that's it. Don't feel bad about your feelings, ladies. Don't. Don't. Hi, Eliza. I'm a 23-year-old hey, <laughs> year nurse who just started my career in a hospital a little less than an hour from where I live. While the drive is manageable, it adds time to my already long 12-hour shifts. I currently live rent-free with my parents. Is the stress of a commute worth it to live rent-free? Should I save up to buy a home instead of renting? Is the personal growth of moving out of my parents' house worth the price of rent? As a huge fan of your work and wisdom, I seek elder millennial advice. I think independence is important only for yourself. Uh, you know, a lot of men don't love an independent woman, but these are things you have to do for yourself because it's empowering and it's the right thing to do. I don't know the kind of money you're making. I don't know. Uh, I don't know where your priorities are in life, but you don't want to be living with your parents if you don't have to. It doesn't. It. You know, if you don't have to, it you can't ever have your alone time, as we heard from the last person. Mm-hmm. Uh, if your guy's coming over, you know, you can't—you don't want to be beholden to any of their rules. And it's part of growing up and being an adult. So that's cool that it's rent-free, but also, like, you'll save money by driving less if you get an apartment closer to where you live. Well, I guess that's how—how— how- how close are you to buying a home? Because if you know, like, I live at home for one year for 12 months, I will have enough for a down payment. Great. Mm. Live there for a year. Great. If you have a goal, don't just do things, like, financially. Always move toward a goal. Don't just be like, I don't know, this is working for now because you seem like a girl that's kind of got it together. The fact that even asking these questions is important. Uh, owning a home versus an apartment, you know, of course you have equity in your home, but it is a lot. There's always something wrong. You are responsible when things go wrong. I don't think it's the worst. I think going from your parents' house to a home might be a little jolting. So do the apartment, maybe a condo, just maybe something where it's not totally on you. See how you like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of upkeep. My first house, it was just like a little too big for one person. It wasn't even that big. So that's a lot. So I would, uh, I would definitely move out, get an apartment, have your own space. Yeah. And if you hate it, go back home. Be weird. Just saying, if you hate it, you can always, you can always, the expression is you can't go home, but you can always go home. I mean, yeah, you can, unless you're, you know, hot dudes, you're a hot nurse making cash, get a hot dude to come over, oh, knock, 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 my dad's going to get the door, I'm taking a dump. You want to have your own apartment with a live, laugh, love, wrought iron sign, and some moderately priced white wine, 
and some balance bars and a little yoga corner that you're never going to use. You have your own apartment. I love living in an apartment by Get myself. Get a cat. Yeah. Having roommates is hard. <sighs> yeah. Okay. I, I was the, the bad roommate, I think, looking back. It may have been me. Well, I, I think— Didn't you say you installed a shower or something one time? Was there something like that? Yeah, but that's because it's bullshit <laughs> that you're going to have a tub and, like, we're just supposed to take baths? Nobody what is this, like, 1890? <laughs> no, I need a hose. <laughs> you hose need a off hose. this craw. All right. Hey, Eliza, I love the podcast. Thank it you. makes my dull drives to and from the office much more entertaining. My question is about bridesmaid selection. Ugh. For context, my now sister-in-law included me in her bridal party when I was 12 as a junior bridesmaid. I was too old to be a flower girl, but too young to participate with her and her friends in traditional bridal party things. Now, 14 years later, my significant other and I are talking about marriage in the future. Is it rude to not include her as a bridesmaid in my future wedding? We aren't that close. We live across the country from each other and don't really talk much in between visits. And she has never been very welcoming to my partner. I'll invite her to the wedding, of course, but I feel my only reason for considering her on the bridal party is out of obligation. I know this may seem too soon to think about since I'm not engaged yet, but I have a sick oh, parent. I, I, that laugh came before I knew I that. Know. I'm sorry. I know. Uh, so the wedding talk is on the forefront of my mind. Uh, I love that you're not even engaged yet. You're like, I also don't even have a boyfriend. But <laughs> oh, if I do, yeah. when I do, um, listen to me. No, no, you do not need to have her. It was so long ago. She did it because your mother was like, listen, it would be nice if you included Roberta, whatever your name is. And she was a child. You were a child. Which and makes you such were a difference. A junior bridesmaid, which means you didn't even get paid. So, no, you do not. Anybody who, listen to me, gives you shit for the way you're doing your wedding doesn't really love you. That's it. This idea of reciprocating, oh, I invited you, why didn't you invite me? Relationships change. There are people I had at my wedding a little over a year ago that I wouldn't have now if I had my wedding today. Mm -hmm. You do what works for you. There's enough stuff that you're going to do out of obligation. This girl does not care. She does not want to be shoved into a weekend of you and your friends getting your claws filed down or whatever, bridesmaid stuff. She doesn't care. No. I Every time I know someone's engaged, I'm like, please don't invite me to a weekend with a bunch of girls from, like, a different school, like, a different part of the country. I have to, like, act like I'm school. school. I have to get my own hotel room in Atlantic City. So, no, you're off the hook. She doesn't care. It's cool. You don't even really owe her a call. Like, you were a child. Yeah. It does not matter. You got enough to worry you're about. You're inviting her to the wedding. That's nice. You got enough to worry about, like, your wedding that hasn't been planned yet. Just read that tweet to her if it ever comes up. Because you laid it out perfectly. I don't talk to her. She lives on the other side of the country. Man. Why don't you work on getting that proposal first before you worry about Broomhilda's invite? There you go. Or invite her to be a junior bridesmaid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> be like, she's got to wear this tiny dress. She can't come to drinks. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Right. Welcome to your nightmare. Hi there, Eliza, Baby Arm, and Scott. Love listening to the show. Keeps me entertained wherever I am. I am friends yeah, with wherever you are. Wherever. I am friends with a few of my exes, two of which being my best friend, and I'm the man of honor at one of their weddings. Hold on. I'm friends with a few of my exes. Okay, so you're a boy, or you identify as a boy. And, and I assume it means one of which. He's a boy. And uh, he has two ex-girlfriends. Okay, I think he has a few ex-girlfriends. One of them is his best... F- no, two oh, no. of which. Two are his best friends. You one two- is the man of honor. Yeah, I get it. I understood that. Okay. I'm just laying it out for other people that may not be as quick. It's a guy. He's got two ex-girlfriends. He's got some ex-girlfriends that are chicks. And he's the man of honor. Otter. 
at one of her weddings. Okay, so it's okay. a boy, he's a man of honor at a girl's wedding. Proceed. The issue I have is every time I start dating a woman, this eventually comes up somehow and the relationship takes a nosedive. How long have you been on the de- on deck to be this person's man of honor? I've had women dye their hair to look more like my exes, what? none of which look alike, to breaking down in tears and lashing out verbally and physically. My question is, do you have any tips for making them feel more secure so this doesn't happen in the future? I do try, but I could do with a hand. What? Thank you so much. Yeah, what kind of international coxman is this guy? <laughs> what is he doing? Coxman? Yeah. Um, first of all, the idea of her dyeing her hair, like, is are you 007? Like, why are we going incognito? Look, it honestly sounds like you just date crazy girls. I know Emily's going to say that too, but I was like, my thought first. Um, and I hate to say the term crazy, but it sounds like you, if you're saying there's this many girls, even if it's only been two girls that you've dated while waiting to be the best man at this girl's wedding, you can't make a girl secure. And if you aren't cheating on her and you are respectful, then it sounds like you're picking insecure women and you want a girl who's like, oh, that's your best friend? Okay, you know, like... Your relationship will taper off a little bit once that girl's married and you're dating this girl. But it, it just sounds like you there's something about your picker where you go for uh, insecure women. Well, yeah, it's either that the girls are taking this out of context or that his relationship is not appropriate with it these might people. not be appropriate. Um, the dyeing the hair thing, I, that doesn't that sit right That sounds like a crazy me. person. That or she didn't and she – there's only three colors you can really dye your hair that are right. normal. And that it had nothing to do with an ex because he even says like all his exes look different. So what, a girl dyed her, their hair and he's like, are you trying to be like Rebecca? The story should have been uh, he, she dyed her hair to look like my friend and I broke up with her. <laughs> the relationship didn't take a nosedive because she was crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but – you know, you it is on you to be like, this is, you know, it's never that awesome when it's like, this is my best friend, she's a girl. But, like, standing up at her wedding, clearly it's not sexual because you wouldn't be invited if it's like, oh, I've got such a fuck right. tension with you. you. The girls you pick need to be more mature about it. But you also have to make sure that you are, you know, not kissing your best friend on the mouth, not spending Saturday nights with her. Takes two to tango. And I wonder if you're doing anything to put their mm-hmm. feelings at ease. I also wonder if you're like, I don't know anything about you. You might be the kind of guy that likes that, that likes the little bit of jealousy because you seem to be attracting it. So those are just my two cents. But uh, have fun at the wedding. Hope the dress fits. Have fun as a junior bridesmaid. (laughs) Everyone has to wear a dress at a wedding. Everyone. What was your wedding like? Everyone's in a dress. Hi, Eliza, Baby Arm, and Scott. I have a tiny question. What do Baby Arm and Scott do when Eliza is out of town? Thanks so much. Love your pod, your comedy, and your personality. They live there. We wait. We just we wait. wait. They sit in this, fo- in this photo <laughs> in this booth. In this photo booth. In this we watch movies booth. together yeah. and we wait. When's we the wait. fun getting here? They talk about fun things I've said. Yeah. <laughs> they quote me. Just they- re-listen to old episodes. Yeah, they try to audio FaceTime me. <laughs> Hey, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing now? Burgeoning social lives. You are the biggest FaceTimer, but you haven't in a while. I FaceTime all... It's because everybody I FaceTime doesn't answer You the used call. to butt FaceTime me constantly. That's not true at all. Yeah, like there was something wrong with one of your phones. And I'd be like, oh God, what's wrong? And you, you know what I love about there. that story? It makes it sound like I have multiple phones. Like <laughs> ultimate celebrity move. I've got two phones, one for business, one for my jewelry line. <laughs> I've got two... Phones, one for my butt and one for my, my face. My phone just shut off last night, and I was just thinking, oh, I'm glad this isn't Eliza's phone or I'd have to, like, fix it. But because it was my phone, I just, like, reset it and was like, I'm fine. I don't need to. I know how to. Okay. That's, that, that's your, I mean, they could answer you, but they have their lives. Emily has a social life, I think. And Scott has, has a wife. 
Scott has a lot of things he's working on. Emily's going yeah, to movie constantly. premieres. I'm not yeah. going to movie premieres. I'm going to uh, movies. <laughs> uh, by movie going, I mean sitting. I'm watching them on my couch. I watched a Babe Pig in the City last night. Watching a secondhand Very laser upsetting. disc. Next question. I have some tough DVDs. Wait, wait, wait. That reminds me of the question before the wedding. You said my wedding, everybody was wearing dresses. <laughs> Episodes ago, you guys were talking about theme weddings, and you said Red Sox wedding. Don't get me started. Don't get me Did started. Did I bring this up again? No, what? I don't know if we talked about it on the pot. No, you emailed me. Yeah. So you. Oh, that's cool that you guys are like going behind my back and we ta- emailing each other. We were talking other. about what you were doing at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was no, just but- in the next room. <laughs> just waiting. Um, <laughs> what? No, I thought you meant everybody wearing red socks not like the boston oh. you even referenced boston when you said it and i was like wait that's a thing everybody wears red socks what the hell's that about yeah it's like a clan like yeah. a thing uh that's funny that you thought that um, i just remember because he was like oh i just because like a week later i emailed I emily like, oh, i was like i figured I it, it out just wanted to clarify so if i said it was I a ram theme wedding you'd be like so there's just a bunch of sheep <laughs> yeah so everybody just glues i guess i could say a cowboy theme like, wedding and you'd be like yeah lots of hats and boots i've been yeah. to those yeah there's all right renaissance fair wedding but I was literally picturing people like, hey, we'll all wear red socks for a great time. <laughs> My brain is just racing right now trying to think of other sports combinations. I mean, Raptor. I'm sure there's Yankees weddings. That's just anyone from the South watching someone in the North get married. <laughs> These fucking Yankees staring at those pinstripes. Staring at those pinstripes. Anyway, sorry for the uh, <laughs> no, tangent I'm there. No, I'm you sorry to say for your you. Piece. <laughs> I'm dumb, everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hot but dumb coming up next. Hot uh, toddy. Hi, I'm a total fan. So here's my question. How do you deal with attention? I used to be bigger before and a few people really and few people really gave me a chance in dating. I also wasn't particularly popular. I didn't like makeup much, was focused on school slash getting a career. I'm a little quirky and a bit lippy. A bit lippy. I knew you would love that. I love a lip. <laughs> I was always nice though, probably. I love to a, a bold fault. lip. <laughs> okay. I was also made fun of a lot growing up and for a lot of my adult life. I looked like a kid or teen for most of my adult life until recently, thanks much in part to this weight loss, 30 plus pounds. Wow. Now I have a career, live on my own, and I'm financially stable. I'm no Instagram model, but since the weight loss and having some small adult success, people have been treating me differently and I've been getting attention from guys who didn't really care much before. While I'm flattered, it also feels disingenuous because it feels exclusively linked to my appearance slash surface value stuff. But I like feeling noticed after not having been for so long. WWISD. Let me jump in here. It is not how you look. It's how you feel. That's your confidence. Yeah. 100%. Oh, I was going to say quite the opposite. Oh, I was really? going to say it's 100% how you look. Men are visual creatures. So you're they're maybe more attracted. It's not that there weren't men that were attracted to you. It's a combination of mine and Scott's answer. Yeah. Men are visual creatures. So And our society is not cool to larger people. There's no secret there. I'm not a dick for saying that. So oh. there are guys that are cool with heavier girls. Uh, more men tend to be cooler with less heavy girls that's i'm not making that up Mm -hmm. um your confidence is definitely showing through and don't hold it against them because there also might have been guys when you were heavier that wanted you that you didn't want i i wouldn't that's this like angry i hate to say this but like inner insecure fat girl in you talking like oh they didn't want me at my worst now they want me at my best that's just the way life is you you weren't hot in high school you're hot in college you know, there are, I'm sure, plenty of guys that I could date as an adult that probably didn't think I was cute when I was younger. It's just the way the world works. So I think you need to let that go because it isn't like you became a billionaire and all of a sudden they want to be your best friends. They're just attracted to you. 
Well, and I think to Scott's point, there's like such a big difference in someone who is like cool because she talks about the work successes as well, like career successes. Mm-hmm. Things are going well. Like you're probably more fun to hang out with when you're like, yeah, yeah. things are going well rather Sounds, than you're on your own. You're doing your thing. You're having a great time. And people I always tell girls like people are attracted to people who are happy mm-hmm. and enjoying their lives. So I think it's a little bit of both, but I think you have to let that go because you don't want to be the girl with the chip on her shoulder. You will always have the memory of being the larger girl and you will have the insecurities, but you have to work through that. And whatever you're carrying, your baggage you're carrying is is uh, invisible. People can't see that. They can only see what you're putting out there. Mm-hmm. Like I got a big old chip on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. People don't need to see my chip. I cover my chip. No one knows I got a chip. And right at that three-month mark, you break it out. I break out that chip I'm with my lip. I got a lippy chip. <laughs> so cheers to you, lippy. Yeah, I mean, I think that this person can totally appreciate being recognized now. I mean, not recognized, but, like, appreciated. Or there's one other option. Mm-hmm. You take those dudes that are into you now and you power fuck. We're talking <laughs> octopus vagina over the face as their only source of oxygen. Power fuck. And you're like, I'm the dominant one. I am lippy. Just get a couch that repels the stains and all that at the shop. Yeah, get two couches. You got the money. Lippy. Millionaire lippy. Thin millionaire lippy. (laughs) What if it was just 30 plus pounds and she was like 150 versus like 120? Like wasn't even that huge. Yeah. Maybe it was like. Maybe it was. I don't know. She's just got that management posture now. Yeah. That's what it is. I'm hovering around 150 right now and I feel pretty good. Okay, we got a long one. I need some marriage advice because I'm worried I'm being self-destructive in my marriage. We got some context here. I have been married for about two and a half years to an incredible guy. He's handsome, kind, communicative, and I adore the family he comes from. We are very open with each other in our relationship and match each other's brand of quirky and weird. Well, last girl, Lippy said she was quirky. I don't want a doubleheader from Lippy. <laughs> this is not Lippy. All right, all right. Uh, however, somehow I am still insecure and constantly Lippy? worried that it's you? too good to be true. I am the child of divorce, and in the two serious relationships I had before meeting my husband, I was cheated on. Please. My first serious relationship came with my with me rebelling from my parents' divorce and was physically and emotionally abusive. I am so happy with my husband, and I still live in constant fear I'm going to be blinded by infidelity and heartbreak because that's all I've ever experienced. My husband has never given me reason to lose trust in him, and I have been very open about my past relationships and insecurities. He is understanding and as reassuring as he can be, but I still stress. How can I let go of my past emotional baggage? My fears have nothing to do with him, but I don't know how to overcome these trust issues and have the security I know my marriage deserves. I thought this was a swinger question, and I kept being like, where is it? Listen to me, okay? You listening to me? Here Mm -hmm. it goes. You will ruin your relationship. Because as great and as sweet and as nice as he is, you're either going to write your own future uh, or it'll be too much for him. When you come into a relationship with, like, this open heart and you're not doing anything and someone always suspects you of it. I was in a relationship like that. Never cheated on him, nothing. And he had been cheated on. Mm -hmm. And he put me through hell. And I broke up with him, like, across the country over the phone after a year of dating. Because I was like, I don't deserve this. Um, And he's fine now, as am I. But you, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. So you need to seek out counseling because even you said it has nothing to do with him. So you're bringing these issues. Everybody brings their baggage and their issues. I think he'd be so proud of you to know that you're working on it because you love him so much. Also, if this the, if you're going to get cheated, it's going to, like, if, if someone's going to cheat, they're going to cheat. You can't spend your whole life like, oh, what if? Like, I was always like, oh, I love my dog so much. Guess what? She died. 
and I'm still here today. I'm just saying bad things do happen. You do recover. You need to take care of this psychologically so that it doesn't become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, and there's nothing wrong with getting couples counseling. You don't have to have problems to get that, like, and just figure out, like, how, what can he be saying to you that would make you feel reassured? Like, is there a way you can communicate or that the therapist can be like, well, look, here's It sounds like he's truly doing nothing. And the couples counseling could just be for your benefit. Mm -hmm. He might be doing everything great and you just need to get things off your chest. And because he loves you, he'll go. He'll go do that. But this is something you need to nip in the bud. Um... Because no one has the patience of a saint. Like, uh, like eventually, he's going to be like, damn it, Julia, I'm out of here. Yeah. Also, you know, if I'm being totally honest, my parents are divorced too. And on my honeymoon, this is like super personal, but I'll tell you. On my honeymoon, I like, mental break is putting it way too, I don't, I don't there's nothing like that. I really was stressed out. I had just come off a tour from Europe and we went back to Europe for this honeymoon. I didn't really let the gravitas of getting married settle in and I wasn't having fun. I didn't want to be there and I was like, I have to go home. I called off my honeymoon mid-honeymoon. Things had been paid for, things, whatever. And I remember thinking because I knew the story of this guy who had married this girl and on their honeymoon, she flipped out and he left her. Because he was like, this is what I signed up for. And I remember thinking in this hotel room in Rome, oh, my God, I'm freaking out. And he's going to leave me, even though I know he loves me so much, because this is what happens. So you're not alone for thinking that. I'm like, of course people get divorced. Nobody stays married. Nobody ever stays married. My parents didn't. That's normal. It's weird when people are married, even though I am. And I remember sitting there thinking, of course this is going to end now. Oh, my God, I'm that girl. I'm the girl where the guy just leaves her. And I said, I have to go. We have to go home. And I I laid down and I woke up and my husband was gone. And I remember thinking, of course, like, of course he walked out. Of course, that makes sense. Of course, of course. And he then walked back in the room and I was like, where were you? He goes, I was downstairs on the phone with American Airlines so I wouldn't wake you up because I was canceling everything. And there was part of me that was like, of course this is going to end. Everybody gets divorced. So I'm saying you won't get divorced. I'm just saying maybe you will. Who knows? There is a little bit of that when you come from divorce. There's that like, oh, that's normal. Of course, we're going to leave each other and figure it out. So you're not wrong. You're not crazy. uh, But you owe it to yourself and the man that you love to do some work to make sure that you stay together. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And if not, American Airlines customer service is pretty gracious. They're right there. And it turns out uh, Croatian Airbnbs will give you a refund. Yeah. (laughs) All right, we can do your swinger question now. Yeah, load up. A husband and wife that we hung out with were semi-secretly swingers. We suspected, but they didn't try anything, so whatever. Wait, I got to read it too, otherwise I can't process okay, it. page seven. Oh, you named it? Okay, I'm ready. Uh, uh, Re-engage. The, after a few Alliteration years- demonstration. <laughs> Liter- literacy demonstration. Not alliteration. After a few years, the husband made multiple advancements at me and my sister a lot. Me and my sister-in-law. Not taking no for an answer. My hub and sister-in-law's Don't say hub. Ended the friendship, but the rest of our friend group continued to hang out with them. They all claimed they'd kick his ass if he did that to their wife or girlfriend, but don't seem to care that he did it to their friend's wife and girlfriend, us. Should this bother me or do I just need to get over it? Are they shitty friends to us or am I overreacting? The swingers have also now made it awkward for everyone and are mad at us. They have told our friends that they will no longer come to any gatherings that we will be at and ultimately are trying to force our group of friends to pick sides. Our friends still invite us both to parties, but the swingers 
get mad at them when they hang out with us. It bothers us that they hang out with them too because it feels like a betrayal to us, but we never say anything. And P.S., before you say it, they're not all swingers. They've just made it known to him now that they're not into it before you could try anything. Thanks in advance. It's a little com- It's a little complicated. Okay, so... Um, okay, so here's the thing. A guy made an advance repeatedly. Repeatedly. And, you, and now, this is a tale as old as time, and now all of a sudden, like, you're the bitch because you rejected his advances. If it really is that cut and dry... um. I'm not shocked that other people aren't standing up for you, particularly men. I hate to say it. You know, men kind of—I see this a lot with male comics. Like, oh, this guy did this to this girl. Yeah, but he's our buddy. Mm -hmm. Men tend to sweep things like that under the rug because they don't know how uncomfortable it is to get a sexual advance that you don't want because men are stronger than women physically. That's always what it boils down to. Mm -hmm. Um, It was in Confirmed Kills. It's like really good about it. It's on Netflix. Um— you may just have to move away from that. You don't want friends that don't have your back. I also wonder the extent of his advances. Like, if he's a swinger and that's what people are doing, he's like, hey, do you want to come to bed? And you said no, and he asked again. Like, that's not the biggest deal. So I don't know. Was he touching you? Was he being rude? I don't have Multiple that Multiple advancements. Secret swingers, semi-secretly swingers. Not taking no for an answer. That's the part where it's like he seems like a creep. And now it's like that episode of Fleabag or the season of Fleabag. Like, he kissed her and, like, made it so weird. Well, it's it's whatever. Um, I mean, the show's great, but whatever that you haven't seen it. Um, yeah, I've definitely been in friend groups where I'm like, this guy's a dick. They're like, well, he's our friend. Yeah, maybe yeah. you just find some different friends or you just show up and and you do the, you outdoed him and you're like, I have no problem. I don't know why he's being a little bitch about this. Yeah, because the friends keep their invite—they're not, like, taking the swingers' advice and cutting them out. They're still inviting them. But just remember that your friends— don't care that you're uncomfortable. So maybe reevaluate who your friends are. Yeah. They don't care about this and none of the men care and your girlfriends don't care. It's not uncommon. Like with couples, the wife, you know, doesn't take a stand and she's like, well, you know, Craig really likes them. So, <laughs> so you know, you want friends that have your back um, or you get over it and you just keep hanging out. It really is about what makes you comfortable, but there are other people to hang out with. And yeah, I also would reevaluate how he, how hitty on you he was. I mean, not taking no for an answer, multiple advances on her and her sister-in-law. And the fact that the friend said if he did that to their girlfriend or wife, they would kick his ass. Well, that's the other thing. Well, that's a very guy thing. Like, yeah, but you aren't his wife. You aren't their wife. So most people won't put their necks out for non-kin. No, but whatever it was, was intense enough that I think it's gross that none of your friends care, especially yeah. like a post-Me Too thing. I think it's kind of weird. And yeah. you shouldn't, if you really love these people want to hang out, like you shouldn't let this guy dictate where you do and don't go. So it's really on you how much you're going to let this affect you. Yeah. But never forget that your friends kind of shit the bed. Yeah. And, and they'll probably do it again in the future too. They don't sound great. <laughs> Come hang out with us. Okay. Before Top of the Cob, do you want to do this one? Hold on a second. Do you want me to read these? You put no. a smiley face next to it. Oh, so I did. I okay, read it then. Into. Sure, it's read just it. reading. Okay. Oh yeah. Due to Emily's fail, Andrea De Matteo. Oh wait, what did you call her? De Matteo. Yeah. I don't have. What? Well, to be fair, you did do it in a perfect white person accent. <laughs> I don't have as much of a question as I do a bunch of family Italian names that I'd be amused if Emily tried to pronounce. All right. So here but you I go. But I saw them. So here's just the read thing. It. No, just read it. Just sight read it. Well, so I saw what they're supposed to be, but I know how I would say it, which is Mangiardo. Mangiardo is right. No, it's not. 
Mangiardo. Uh, no, well, that's a difference. Mangiardo is not wrong, and Mangiardo, oh, okay. it's fine. That's They're both better. fine. I okay, can tell you. So I'm getting it? close. Nestico. Nestico. All right. All right. Voci. Yep. Or Voce. Hey, if you're going to write in some Italian stumpers, give me, like, pasta names. Like, Strottoprezzi. Like, Emily's like, it's catch, it's ragu and Chef Boyardi. So you didn't, that was, shame on you for trying to shame her. All right, well, whoever wrote that Italian one, you need to do better. Because now it's uh, Prima de Cabe. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite, top of the cob. Ibidip. All right, my uh, uh, my top of the cob. I think everybody wants me to say that it's finding a pair of shorts I like. I direct you to my Instagram if you want to hear my rant about shorts, which probably isn't on there anymore. <laughs> but it's not shorts. It's uh, I started out this week with really long nails because I had gels on. And then I kind of enjoy having really long nails and then slowly, because after you get gels, it leaves your nails brittle. They start to crack and I start to peel and now I have just nubs. And I really believe that picking at your fingernails and ripping them off is one of the few detrimental things you can do to your body that really doesn't have long-term effects. And uh, I like doing it. I like destroying something. I like destroying something beautiful. I don't get infections. I'm not gross. I'm not like digging under the nail bed to bone. <laughs> to bone. I didn't think you were I like it. bone. I like some short nails, short little punk rock nails. And when I get them short and I, I cut my hand, I realize that I have my grandma's hands. These hands should be pulling apart a chicken. Old Nana hand Schlesinger. Uh, old Nana hand Schlesinger. <laughs> I'm close to children. So I, I like nipping at my, uh, nicking at my uh, nail polish and ripping at the bits. Oh. Ripping at the bits. What's your top of the cob? My top of the cob is that because of technology, I was able to watch Veronica Mars with my dad from across the country, and we, like, did voice chat while we both watched it on our separate TVs, and we, like, hit play at the same time so we could talk about it. That's cute. So we used to watch the show together. It came out when I was in high school, and we would watch oh. it every week. So we watched it all together. That's good nice. to get some follow-up on that. Because I think you brought that up the, before, oh, or was that, that when we were talking waiting for is, a No, I had to get follow-up on that. Like, is that something Because I was to, worried yeah. it was going to be closure. spoiled, and it was spoiled, yeah. but... Welcome to Google Dad Play. <laughs> dad Play sounds like a porn term. Yeah, You into like Dad that. Play? Ugh. Everyone puts on pants from Orvis. <laughs> uh, bottom of the cob, the building where we have our writers... <laughs> I could not... I've never seen a dumber system than this. The building where we have our writers' room, uh, You, we have to park the car... You know, in the garage, parking garage. On a just specific floor. LA is, have a- there are no homes in LA. There is only parking garages. So you got a floor. And I'm no stranger that you go into a lot. They're like, you're a visitor, so park in the depths of hell, the seventh ring at the bottom, P7. But this place, where you park, you have to then put your keys into a box because they have stacked parking with a lock on it. God forbid they just build a parking lot that fits the occupation uh, of your building so when you come into this garage you have to buzz someone who comes in from this tiny room to unlock the box and give you your keys back it's just so fucked i get out parking garage i want to leave i don't want to first buzz someone let's see right because they have to be able to if we're double parked we're behind shouldn't be double parking them the person in front of us needs to leave so they have to be able to get at our keys so dumb i've never seen a a system like that Stack parking is usually like you can go inside and be like, hey, I know it's small enough. It's a major office building in Beverly Hills. It should definitely have enough parking. And it's so stupid. I mean, I will, it's so packed in there. I will never get like that 30 seconds back because that's how long it took to get the guy to get the keys. 
Anyways, oh, I just hate inefficiencies. Whoever designed that also designed all of LAX. <laughs> like a blind child's drawing contest. You go. You bottom. <sighs> My bottom on a cop is that when I have a good pair of jeans and it starts to get torn up in the crotch area. Are your crotch getting all torn up? I don't know. I'm grabbing at my clam. That's where my jeans tear. Emily, listen to me. I've literally seen you wear two pairs of jeans, and one is the pair that you're currently wearing because I told you to get a new pair. I have multiple pairs of jeans. Never seen you in multiple pairs of jeans. They just all are the same. I bought a bunch at Target. They're Denizens by Levi. That's insane that you just bought, like, five of the same pair of jeans. Like, are you a serial killer? (laughs) Got a uniform from the waist down. Yeah, and then but one of my jeans is currently in quarantine. Because I touched, I went and met the kittens with it, and I can't, I got to wash them before. What? I can't wear it around my cat. What if she gets a disease? She already has a disease. Your cat's so sick, Aww. and she's probably scratching at that crotch. Maybe when my pants are off in the night, she's just tearing it up. your cat was sick. I, I just torn. meant your cat was sickly. Okay, I don't, that's just so gross. Why is the crotch, it's Denison crotchless air it out jeans. I emailed them, and I was like, What's your warranty? And they're like, none. You bought it at Target. They were $20. They were more than that, but they're like, at Target, we don't give you a warranty. Yeah, it came with a belt. This isn't Best Buy. Oh, my God, that's funny. All right, well, I'm not going to look at your crotch, but I do not want to see your underwear or your vagina. I'm your employer, and even bringing that up to me counts as sexual harassment. (laughs) Scott, do you want to contribute with your hot voice? Yeah. Summer rain showers are at top of the cob. Oh. Delicate. And the, the bottom of the cob is that stinky hose smell that comes from the <laughs> rain showers, you know what I mean? Stinky hose? Like hose water, like the, uh, I like think a little some people metallic? like it. No, it, yeah, it's whatever, it, like the chemicals in the street, because the street's hot, it rains, Oh, and then it's got that yeah. summer rain smell. Oh, I like the summer rain smell. Uh, yeah, a lot okay. of people do, but I'm always just like, Ugh. Very suburban. Yeah. It's a very suburban. It was raining, it was like dumping on the way here, and it's like really? 98 out, or just in a very specific part. You're like, just on my lawn. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. <laughs> All right. There you go. You guys, we appreciate all your listeners. We appreciate all your questions. Never stop asking. Never stop wondering. Never stop inquiring about how to make your lives better. I think we did some good work today. We love you all. We love that you write in. Even if I sound angry, it's just an affectation I was told was cute once. So I keep it going. Keep it crotchless. 